right! We totally just beat another final boss, Josh. We're getting pretty good at this, Emily. Hey, this game is giving us the option to play through the whole thing again. But with the same save file we were using. Oh boy! What? What does that mean? That means we're gonna start with some awesome extra stuff on our next run-through. Well then, let's try it. Alright, we're back at the beginning. Quick, open our inventory. Ooh, we've got a mysterious key. It's a key to... a boutique? What? Oh. What? I think all we're getting for completing this game is alternate costumes. Oh, come on. You can't be serious. Well, we might as well check them out. Let's stroll through town and listen to some tracks on the jukebox along the way. Couldn't we have gotten a new weapon? Or like 99 lives? Let's be optimistic. Maybe it's more Hammer Brother suits. Or some nice summer shorts. <laughs> or a fanny pack. Could be. Hey everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I'm Emily. And I'm Josh. Each week we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons, and we also read your testimonials. Our first track comes to us from Patron Mixing Metaphor Soup. The game is Cave Story. The track is Moon Song. The composer is Daisuke Amaya, and this was for the PC. So let's have a listen. Metaphor Soup says, What song puts me in a state of heightened reality in which a fresh coat of imagination covers everything? Well, for me, it's more that when I'm in the state, I'm then drawn to thinking of certain songs. I see the world through a layer of imagination mostly when I'm hiking, and when I stop for a moment after reaching a clearing where the gray sky reveals itself, I am instantly reminded of this bittersweet song. Interesting. So for mixing metaphor soup, to see things through a layer of imagination is to see things musically? 
Or like to imagine that there's music playing? It sounds like it. Interesting. This is、uh, an answer to last week's prompt, isn't it? It is, yes. Awesome. A musical response to last week's prompt. I thought people would just write about it in the comments. This is better. Right. And a beautiful song, too. Yeah, and I can just imagine the blue sky, a brown path, vegetation, wildflowers, hopefully some trees that you don't just see around your own neighborhood, you know, like really big ones. Yeah. You know, uh, I just went hiking this past weekend. That's right, you did.、Yeah. On your new leg. My brand new leg. It still needs some upgrades and some power ups. Uh huh. But I picked up a few、um, EXP boosts to it. Some green herbs.、Uh, nice. Rubbed the side of it. But yeah, it was, a, it was actually like a three and a half mile hike. I probably shouldn't have gone that far the first time out, but I just felt so good at first.、Mm-hmm. I will say that coming back,、uh, I had to stop my party so that I can、uh, regain some HP in my leg. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. Well, That's funny. I- You're doing the same thing that Mixing Metaphor Soup is talking about, except. Visually, instead,、oh, yeah. of, instead of orally, you're seeing your world through. Actually, I think it's interesting that, that they say in the testimonial that the song puts them in a heightened state of reality or a state of heightened reality, and then says, in which a fresh coat of imagination covers everything. So, heightened reality equaling a coat of imagination. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. That doesn't concept. actually make any sense. Does it mean that you're imagining that reality is real? I think, I mean, if I were going to interpret this, this sounds to me like when you are struck with the beauty of a very natural phenomenon. You know what I mean? Oh, and you、Maybe、imagine that God made it or something? No, just that the world is awesome. Like、mm. the fact that we are shielded from cosmic rays because our planet has a magnetic field. That's heightened reality,、mm. but it's such a, a beautiful thing. But I don't know. It sort of requires imagination to、uh, capture new concepts and kind of put them into play. Even if what you're, I think, to go along with what you're saying. Even if what you're learning is science, to see everything through that lens does require you to use your imagination, right? Like, one time I was trying to imagine, and this was so hard for me to do, because you know, sometimes the moon is in the s- sky during、uh, like the middle of the day? Yeah, you can see it. And so you kind of have to think if the moon is in the sky, I should be able to see why the,、um, it's in the phase that it's in. You know what I mean? Because you can see the sun, you can see the moon, you think you'd be able to just look back and forth and say, oh, okay, I see how that part of the moon is being illuminated right now. But、huh. it's not really like that at all. It requires like, some three dimensional modeling 
to to place everything in your mind. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Something that I try to do sometimes when I look at the stars is I try to. So you're looking at a constellation, and you think of a constellation as being 2D, but those stars are obviously at varying distances. So sometimes I try to look at it and imagine some of them being closer than you know, like actually making it 3D. Mm-hmm. I would suggest not doing this while you're riding in a car because it may make you sick. Oh yeah. But, but that's uh, but that's interesting. But I think I think more what I'm getting at is just like. I used a, an example that's pretty, pretty far-fetched, but just in terms of like a very simple, interesting scientific beauty. Just the fact that like, um, you know, a drop of water will will spread in a circle always, or something like that, and just thinking that's beautiful, or just like that trees always grow up towards the sky, things like that. Heightened reality, but it's like when you it's you said earlier in the last episode that sometimes you'd walk around and the world would seem progressively strange. And that's kind of what I thought you were getting at. Was just actually really examining everything and uh understanding like, okay, this planet is kinda weird. I just see it every day, so uh I'm used to it. Yeah. That's why it's Hey mixing metaphor soup, you should weigh in on this and let us know. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> heightened levels of reality and layers of imagination. Okay. Our next track today is a recommendation from Wicked Sephiroth, the game Super Mario World, the track Wandering the Plains or Donut Plains. The composer is Koji Kondo. And this was on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Let's take a listen. Sephiroth writes, Oh my, the unbridled nostalgia. This track was the culmination of my childhood dreams. After playing Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, and 3 obsessively, I first experienced Super Mario World with a friend at his house before actually owning a Super NES myself. I remember sitting there in disbelief, listening to this track, too consumed in marveling to press enter on the next level, that I now owned this mammoth of a game, which decidedly, oh, with decidedly much more freedom and variety than its predecessors. You can imagine how my mind was blown for Mario 64 and subsequently perplexed by Sunshine. I have not played Mario Sunshine, but that's the black sheep of the whole group, right? I don't know. Or maybe it was at the time. I think it was at the time, but I don't know what would be perplexing about it. Mm. It doesn't seem that different to Super Mario 64 to me. 
but I do I think it's kind of weird. what I remember it being weird about it was that the hub world was very interesting but then the challenge worlds or whatever were like very artificial it's like uh, mm-hmm. you would be running around on little kids blocks that were spinning around instead of having this feeling like oh, I'm going to this island where there's all these um, plants growing out of the ground and a certain species of enemy lives there it's like Oh, I'm going to this to rotating block world where I'll try to live. I see, I see. Interesting. You know what? The unbridled nostalgia, yes? Um, no, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that and then let it sit there. So please, go well, ahead. You got to put that bridle back on the nostalgia or it's going to get away. <laughs> Eventually, yes. <laughs> Yoshi is just going to run. I actually, my mind was more blown with three after playing Super Mario 64. I went Wait, back. Wait, you played 64 first? No, but I played three when I was young. And it, I mean, going back to three in my 20s. Oh, I see, yeah. And. I my mind is kind of more blown by that for some weird reason. You know what? I think it has something to do with um there's a certain part of Super Mario 3 where it's like you're getting higher and higher. You start I think in the desert and then the next stage is like in the clouds or something like that. But there was there, a yeah, there's that a moved between Yeah, there is a world that you actually climb a tower and you are in the clouds. Yeah, and then the next world is like Cloud World or something. I I don't remember the order. There was something about that connection. I just really felt like Super Mario Brothers 3, the way that they made the levels, really felt like you were on this journey that was getting progressively strange, I guess. Yeah. Heightened reality, yeah. literally and figuratively. And there's just weird little parts of Super Mario 3, which are like two pipes that connect in an empty room. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> it makes there's you feel... There's that whole map. There's that... Uh, it's not the ice world, is it? It's the map that has all the like Venus flytrap kind of plants on it. And the tune goes... And you are navigating a map which is just all pipes. It's like a series of little tiny islands in the ocean. A plumber's dream. Yes. Um, a pipe dream. If you Ah, will. If you will. I will. Yeah, I was just going to say that there's something really sweet about certain map tunes. And I feel like the, the Mario map tunes kind of nail it all the time. None of them are not catchy. And uh, I think I spent a lot of time sitting on map screens listening to the very repetitive little jingles because they're just so good and they have such personality. Yeah. Wicked Sephiroth has probably mentioned this in an earlier testimonial, but he appears to be another child who would just put the controller down and listen what was going on on screen 
I wasn't that child. <laughs> I would be turning down the music and putting on some other CD or whatever. But I do know this song, of course. Right. <clears throat> That's funny. And now look at you. You're doing a video game music podcast. Yeah. This is something I'm going to want to get back into because I, uh, I was just at my mom's house. And I was looking for some very specific childhood drawings I'd done of video game characters. I was looking for like the earliest Sonic the Hedgehog picture that I'd ever drawn. And she has this treasure trove of papers from my childhood. And in flipping through them, I had this very strange sensation that I'm actually the same person I was when I was a kid. And we've talked about this before because you, Josh, have said that you feel like you are... Not closer to your childhood, but that, like, getting older was somehow becoming a child again in certain ways. Mm. And I was kind of saying, ah, I'm very different and things are very different. But uh, finding this stuff and reading it, it was like, all right, in hindsight, I make a lot of sense. So uh, I'm going to want to revisit this a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit about that. Yeah. But maybe you can all right. tell us more over this next track. Maybe. This one is from DeSmith1038. The game is Blackthorn uh, for the Super Nintendo. The composer was Glenn Stafford. The track is Cutscenes. So let's listen to this one. Smith 1038 says, In the days of the SNES, requesting a new game for your birthday meant your family selection would be limited to whatever stock local retailers happened to have at that time. Well, it must have been a bad time for Super Mario Kart stock when I asked for it for my birthday, because unfortunately my family couldn't find a copy anywhere. I received this bad news on the evening of my birthday, Oh, but my dad offered to take me out to the mall that same night so I could pick out a different game. I still think it was so nice of him to do that for me. The game I chose, with box art of the hero brandishing a shotgun, was the complete opposite of Super Mario Kart. 
but I was excited to play the SNES version of Blackthorn after briefly seeing the PC version. I remember riding home in the car with my dad, thinking about life and getting older. Sometimes things might turn out a little different than you expected, and for me, that was okay. Interesting. So I guess like this violent artwork made him feel like he was growing up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Putting childish things behind him. Yeah, sometimes uh, the artwork of um, s some lesser known games really does capture a whole world in an interesting way. Or makes you mm -hmm. want to play a game, you know, or, you know, like get your imagination going. Like you're this one guy with a shotgun. Uh, you're maybe in a puddle up to your knees. There's vines growing. <laughs> yes, always vines. You don't know. Yeah, maybe you're fighting straight up demons, you know. Maybe the world is opened up to an entire spiritual reality and uh, you have to face it. One of my favorite games um, in terms of making you see the world in a different way is Sengoku. Uh, uh huh. Which, Explain. Which, that's just a beat em up. It's not a great beat em up as far as like the beat em up mechanics of it are concerned, but kind of like how Mario, Super Mario 3 gets gradually stranger, or maybe all Mario games get gradually stranger. Um, Sengoku, you'll like beat up a bunch of guys on a, on a street or something like that. And then all of a sudden you get teleported to like this spiritual dimension and a bunch of demons attack you. And you have to fight your way <laughs> through the demons and then you go back to earth for some reason. And you kind of like shift between uh, these different wars, I guess, that are happening um, in different dimensions or something like that. And, I mean, you get a sense that they're all real, but you're not really sure why you're being teleported around. Yeah. Um, Do you find out, or...? I don't know. I don't think you ever find out the power that's teleporting you between the realities. Maybe it's, like, God or something. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's, it's also... Oh, go ahead. Super cool. It's a super cool game. <laughs> Josh wants everybody to play it. What I liked about this testimonial was remembering what it was like to be beholden to the stock in a store. Now, obviously, we still have this problem. The internet is filled with people who haven't gotten their hands on SNES classics and are very sad about it. But, uh... Did, I, I'm trying to think, like, did we not call ahead of time? Did we just go to the store and hope that it was there, you know? Um, kind of going back to what I was just talking about, the stuff that I found at my mom's house, something that I found was this journal that my second grade teacher... My second grade teacher had us write in a journal every couple of days in class, and uh, and she would read them and respond, and she didn't correct us on anything. It wasn't supposed to, like be a spelling exercise or anything like that. It was just, I think, to get us into the habit of composing our thoughts and structuring narratives and just kind of finding the joy in writing. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the entries, it, by the way, this journal is hilarious. It's so funny because when you're seven, you don't really make any sense. And it's 
hard to find a thread as to what kind of prompted you to write what you just wrote. But, uh, but one of my entries, I actually talk about this phenomenon of going to a video game store, well, Toys R Us, actually, and they're being sold out of Sonic 3. So I don't remember that, but hmm. that happened. And, uh, and I feel bad for my teacher because apparently I talked about video games all the time. Like every other entry is about a video game. That's funny. And you're yeah. going to share some of these, right? Yeah, I'm going to read one at the end of the episode. Oh, great. Yeah. But, but, but well, we this, also this little one about your childish scrawl. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I need to scan it because when I read it, I will just translate as I go. But holy moly, like spelling has never really been my strong suit. But wow, <laughs> it's, it's something. All right. So. I remember yeah. in, in kindergarten briefly, I thought that an E might have four lines instead of three. Uh-huh. I just thought of an E as like an abstract comb, a capital E, I mean. Wait, it does have four lines. Oh, you mean sticking out yeah, horizontally. Sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Could have been preschool, I don't know. Yeah, but you know, uh, patrons on our Facebook group which we'll plug at the end of the show. We do have this convention. This was really actually Wicked Sephiroth's idea. Wicked Sephiroth had asked us if we could come up with a way of allowing other patrons to post pictures of their stuff because Wicked Sephiroth has cool stuff and he wanted to, you know, share that with people. So we came up with this idea of there being a refrigerator in the bar that you can put drawings on or maps on or pictures on or, you know, anything that you've got to just sort of like display it. So I will be scanning some of the stuff and putting it on the fridge for this month for sure. Awesome. And we encourage you all to do that too. This next track is a recommendation from Nathan99. It's from the game Atlantis, The Lost Empire. It's called Song 3. The composer is unknown, but it's for the Game Boy Color. Let's take a listen.
Ethan 99 writes, The quest to rediscover games from my childhood continues with this little gem. Atlantis was probably not as good as I remember it, since most movie-to-game titles aren't all that great. But the soundtrack most certainly holds up. Especially if you love that sweet, sweet Game Boy sound. Side note, I never noticed the back and forth between the two ears until listening to it just now since I never played the game with headphones. I find it interesting how a lot of EGM producers did the same thing for a system that has only one speaker. I know why they did that, actually. They did that because since the Game Boy was portable, the thought was that you were going to be in public and you would be listening with headphones as to not disturb the people around you. I don't remember where I picked that up, though. Didn't Game Boy come with its own headphones or something like that? I don't think so. Or were there... I don't remember. Game Boy special headphones? I seem to remember gray headphones with one of them had like a little red band. And I think that was for your right ear or something like that. Interesting. I don't remember this. An aspect of my... Imagination. (laughs) Yes, you're just adding layers to Um, heighten your reality. Okay, just real quick uh, disclaimer. mm -hmm. Something is happening to me right now that does not happen very often. I've had maybe, this will be the fifth one in my life. I am getting a visual aura right now. So I want to apologize because I can't actually read the text that is right in front of me anymore. Yikes. I'm fine. This is normal. This is totally normal. But uh, I just realized that I can't see all of the letters that I'm looking at, so... Can you make your computer do dictation? No, I think I can figure it out. I think I'll be able to figure it out. That'd be funny if we made your computer read your testimonial instead of me. Don't you think? (laughs) Well, we can just replace me, you know. We're going to do that eventually. Eventually, we're both going to be replaced with our own artificial intelligences that have been watching us our whole lives or whatever. Exactly. That will be really cool. (laughs) Sorry, I'm experimenting with this new microphone. Oh, yeah, talk about that. Well, thanks to our Patreon um, patrons, not to be confused with our patrons, thanks to our our Patreon, our family in Haji's room, um, I was able to get this new microphone. Hopefully it sounds better. I don't know. It's my first time using it to podcast. I did use it for a couple other things and ran some tests. But this is my first time doing a long-form recording that I'm going to try to mix down. Also, I got this mixing board. It's a condenser mic. I actually have the exact same setup. From my understanding that was used by the Legacy Music Hour. Mm-hmm. Because I asked Rob what he used. And this is it. He sent me these two links, and I'm like, you know what? I want to be exactly in the same situation as that as they are, if possible. So Yes. And apparently, according to Brent, you are the Rob F. Switch of the situation. Yeah, because I broke my leg. That's right. In a recent Legacy Music Hour episode, uh, Brent made that connection. You know, I guess that means 
Yeah, sometimes just like random things will will create that decision for you or whatever. Like in some ways you're like Rob, but none of that matters anymore because I broke my leg. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to hear how this microphone sounds. I actually, so we're talking about heightened reality and I kind of want to try to describe what I'm seeing right now because I think this is a really great example of heightened reality slash layers of imagination. Okay. Because I'm seeing something that should not be seen. It doesn't make any sense. But so right now, there is a C-shaped, like a crescent moon-shaped arc on the left side of my vision that is like... It's made up of jaggedy lines that are kind of shimmering. And anything that's within that kind of crescent I can't see. You know what would be really exciting is if uh, each song gave you like a different visual pattern. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. But yeah, this is the stuff that, that people saw and they thought that, uh, you know, things from the beyond were speaking to them. Because how do you explain this phenomenon? So... But, by the way, this is migraine-related, folks. This is not a stroke. I'm not having a stroke. Uh, but these are very rare, so... I may be a little distracted. Because it doesn't stay... It stays in the same place in your vision, which means as you move your eyes around it... Uh, it moves. Even though it's staying in the same spot. Does that make sense? As opposed to being in a fixed fixed spot in the world outside me, every time I change where I'm looking, it's in the same spot, but therefore it seems like it's moving through the world. Anyway. I thought I knew what you meant. Yeah, I think <laughs> I know what you meant. mean. Anyway. Well, I hope that that doesn't add layers of pain or discomfort to you. That would not be great. Um, or it's good. Typically f it's typically foreshadowing, but uh, but it's all good. Anyway, back to Nathan99's testimonial. Sorry, I do find these things fascinating. This is like, you know, I am my own science experiment right now. But I think it's interesting that Nathan99 says that, you know, movie to game translations usually aren't that good because if I'm correct, this is a Disney game and Disney games tend to be pretty good. So, Nathan, your memory might be not as off as you think it is. This might have been a great game. And I think the movie is known to be a little bit subpar. This might be an odd case of the game being better than the movie. Hmm. Well, Disney games, they're just usually good platformers, though, right? With sort of like a smooth animation. Well, they, they work. I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. They're all like... different. Oh. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, typically I guess they're platformers, sure. I feel like they're a little loosey-goosey on the uh, controls a little bit. Really? Yeah. I think that at least the Lion King for Genesis was super tight. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't play that one. That's such a good one. One of, Did... my, one of my regrets I have, I actually 
filmed myself playing. Like, I set up a VHS camcorder and filmed the screen as I was playing The Lion King because I was, like, so one with that game. Um, but I got rid of that tape. And I kind of regret getting rid of that tape. I can't wait to actually see you play a video game. <laughs> well, I'm not as good at The Lion King as I used to be. I had that thing polished, but... It's weird. I've never really seen you play a video game live. You... Well, you watched me playing a video game, but you didn't watch the video game. There was that one afternoon I was playing Mario 3, and we were trying to figure out how I could... Oh, that's get right, the, yeah. You know, it wouldn't show up on your end, so... You basically were grading papers while I was singing to the I music. I guess I saw you play some arcade games. I wasn't right. very good at those, though. Yeah. I was good at the shooting game, but not racing. Racing is not my forte. You were very good at that. The one where you're the motorcycle and the disc is spinning? That one? Yes. Yes. That's not even a game, but sure. I'll take it. Well, you got points, and yeah. you weren't supposed to collide with people. That's I true. was colliding with people. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, take the compliment. <laughs> What comes with that compliment, though? There's got to be, like, a crown or a purse involved, right? Right. Tickets. Tickets. Maybe you, yeah. can, you can take all your tickets and you can get one Jolly Rancher. Congratulations. Woohoo. But, yeah, someday I'm working on our Twitch stream, The Hope, patrons. I'm sure we've mentioned this on the show proper before, but the hope is that we're going to have a setup where... I can play games and Josh can watch and commentate at the same time. So, and then hopefully the reverse, that we'll have Josh play and I will watch and commentate. So, I think that'll be really fun. We just, we're, I'm close. I need to make the final, the final uh, attempt. I can't wait to make my setup for my end. Oh, like your, your background and stuff? Yeah. I think I'm going to be, like, laying down on a bed, maybe. <laughs> okay. Like a big pillow. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, just kind of reclining, relaxing, and giving my commentary. Smoking out of, a like, a hookah or something. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you're just going to get to relax and heckle me. All right. Well, Emily, would you like me to read this next block of text for you? I can actually read it now because it has moved. Do you want to read it, though? Yeah, I can read it. All right. Okay. Our last patron track of the day comes from Cam of Worms. I did it. Cam of Worms. <laughs> I'll explain that later. The game is The Blue Marlin. The track is Marlin Flight. The composer was Michiya Hirasawa. And this was for the NES.
Ham of Worms writes, I've been an avid fisherman most of my life. Not so much in recent years, but that's another topic. Once upon a time- What topic is it? (laughs) Just kidding. We'll have to find out. Follow up testimonial. All right, he continues. Once upon a time, I had something of an obsession with fishing games. During the colder months, they were the perfect means of entertainment. Fishing and video games condensed into one happy medium. Of the two fishing games I had on the NES, the Blue Marlin is by far my favorite. The other, the Black Bass, is actually a pretty lame game. Unfortunately, it's the one people remember for some reason, but I digress. I'll spare you the details of gameplay and focus on the music. I suspect those not interested in fishing or fishing games may slip into a boredom coma and miss the rest of the show. The whole Blue Marlin soundtrack is pretty great. It's got relaxing, Caribbean-inspired tunes to enjoy while you troll around in your boat, intense, nerve-wracking tracks to make you sweat in anticipation of landing a fish after a long fight, and even a sad song of longing for a fish loved and lost as it swims away after having broken your line. It's kind of weird, actually. There's a cutscene where the fish swims away to the horizon as the fisherman sits and looks off into the sunset, as if thinking, Farewell, good fish. I'll never forget you and the times we shared. Digressing again. Marlin Fight, oh maybe it's Marlin Fight, not Marlin Flight, is my favorite track and perfectly suits the scene in which it plays. It starts with a feeling of steadfast determination and breaks into a more light-hearted section as the excitement of reeling in a presumably huge fish sets in. Definitely a fun track. I hope it's enjoyed by all. Hey, Emily. Hmm. Do you think he can hear us? Who, the the Marlin? The patron. Cam of Worms? No, the patron that slipped into a coma. Oh, that The one on this hospital bed right in front of us. Oh, I don't know. But I think in this situation, you should treat the person as if they can just in case. So that they're not super bored while they can't respond. Everything's okay. You're in the hospital Let's tell now. you... <laughs> let's continue telling you about the fishing game that puts you into this board of coma. <laughs> Double coma. No, there's something really enjoyable about fishing games. Not even fishing video games, but just... You know, I feel like every kid had... Uh, like a, a fishing line with a magnet on the end to pick up little plastic fish or... Um, what is the, is it go it's not go fish what's the it's name like, of that board um, game quote unquote where the fish chomp and you have to catch as many as you can with a little tiny fishing rod it's you know what magne- I'm talking about magnetic fishing game i don't think there's a name oh, okay. for it yeah. <laughs> i mean at least i don't i think the whoever came up with that game came up with it without a trademark or something i remember mm. those things in little tokyo a lot as a kid and they were like japanese and there's a million of them, but they were super cool. Mm. There was never like much of a scoring system or a game behind it either. So I think it was just like a little gadget, basically. Yeah. Enjoy Anyways, yourself. But fishing, it's a beautiful metaphor for life somehow. It's just one of those perfect metaphors. You throw, put yourself out there and you hope something good comes back to you. Mm-hmm. you know? And uh, actually, I went fishing... This past weekend, on my uh, on the same trip wherein I hiked. Wow! 
All these testimonials are vibing on you. Yeah. I didn't catch anything, but I did eat something that my friend caught. I was actually extremely bad at uh, dealing with the the string and everything. Uh-huh. One, one time I threw, I cast my line, and it ended up on top of a tree. <laughs> it was like I was fishing for birds. <laughs> and that was funny because there was a little worm on it, and you could see it wiggling around on the branch. Yeah. So you were. You yeah, meant I, to do that. Yeah. I didn't catch any birds, but uh, maybe next time. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is a great song. This is a good little tune, yeah. I want to hear the cutscene music where the fish swims away. Yeah, it's probably the most emotional NES yeah. track that was ever composed. I bet it has it runs through the gamut of emotions. Do you think so now I'm just thinking about how from the fish's perspective that would not be the track that would be playing. The track that would be playing would be the most upbeat victory track as oh, the yeah. fish gets away. And now I'm just imagining if fish made video games what that would be like from what the game of fishing would be like from their perspective. That's a very... Well, it's a weird idea because... It I is get, a weird you, idea. You know what? No, that's not that's not that weird. We do have games like that. I was playing one the other day. Oh, yeah. It was... um. Oh, basically... Oh, I know. I know. Um, What's the game? Ikaruga. You know that game? Um, yes, I do, but I can't make the connection right now. In Ikaruga... Um, depending on which way your ship is sort of turned, I guess it like turns upside down or something, and then it can absorb yellow, well, I mean white bullets, but then black bullets will kill it. And then you can turn it black and you can absorb black bullets, but then white bullets will kill it. Something like that. So uh-huh. it's a game where you're a fish and you're trying to catch all the good things, but if you see a little sparkle on the thing that you want to eat, then you have to try to avoid it somehow. Does that make sense? Maybe. I'm not sure. You're trying to collect all the good things, but there are bad things hidden among the good things. Oh, that I get. I'm fixated on the ship part. Weren't you saying there was a ship? Well, oh yeah, the ship... um, Upside down? The reason I chose Ikaruga was because sometimes you'll be wanting to collect something but then other things will be dangerous so yes, like when you're yeah, the yeah. white ship you're trying to get the white bullets i think right because it like gives you energy or something like that we oh have- okay and then you were linking that to fishing yeah yeah i see i Sorry, i already I smashed the two no i just made it i made this i wanted to give this- you guys the um scenic view of my brain i had to go <laughs> all the way around though all the way around back I showed you the back door. Yeah, um, we were hiking up the brambles of your mind. Yeah. And for a moment, we got to a clearing, and the gray sky showed through. Yeah. And then I got reconfused. <laughs> no, that's probably my fault, not being able to follow. No, no, it was, it was my fault. I don't see anybody else's fault. Except the makers of Ikaruga. What's up with that? <laughs> 
Yeah, get them on the line. We got some questions. What a hard game, man. So hard. And it's like the basic gameplay is so annoying of it. We're. I, I don't know. I guess some people like it, but it's like micromanaging during a, uh, um, a, you know, a bullet hell. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe you should play it on your channel. Oh, yeah. Burger Time Time and Ikaruga. I think um, fishing games is a good degree to get, by the way. I think... Um, Cam of Worms is a is a candidate for his degree. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because he's also done the research in the field. Oh, by the way, this Cam of Worms thing. So, yeah. on a show at some point, I had apologized for pronouncing Cam of Worms' name incorrectly all the time. But in correcting myself, I continued to mispronounce his name. So, that's why I was being so... Uh, so forceful with cam of worms because i always just want to say camo worms and uh yeah anyway cam of worms he said he actually doesn't mind but i'm gonna get it right darn it oh this is the idea that i like though that i forgot what if yes. um what if when the fish gets away from the fishing net from the fisher in the actual from the fish's point of view, it's still kind of sad. Oh, that, yeah. That the fish is like, well, maybe we could have worked it out, you know? Yeah. Maybe we could have understood each other. Hey, maybe this is where Cam of Worms gets their name, you know? Oh, oh Obviously yeah, a play fishing. on a can of worms, fishing. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, probably see? right. Am I right? Am I right? You know, you know what I have to thank for that? Carmen San Diego. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to thank Carmen San Diego for teaching me how to be a detective. Oh, okay. I I couldn't put that together for a second since Carmen San Diego requires no detective work. Just no, 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 geography. no, 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 okay. See, I was giving you the scenic view of my brain, and then you got lost. Got it. All right, well. Well, it's time to go home. Let's go home and go to bed. <laughs> go to bed? Yeah. It's like no, 5.30. I... It's 5.30 for me. Yeah. Which means it's even earlier for you. Yeah, but one of the upgrades is these great pajamas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I look and feel awesome right now. Well, I'm glad. I'm still disappointed by this boutique key. All right. But you know, yeah, no, I really love it. Actually, basically, I think like the goal of all games is to unlock uh, different outfits. To me, <laughs> that's the goal of any good game. Uh -huh. I don't need. I don't need to catch them all. I just want to change my shirt. It's actually, it's actually true. This is actually true. Well, hey, before we go, you can get comfortable and everything, but right. can I play my own track on the jukebox? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, 
can I just lay down on your childhood bed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Is... All right, great. Go right ahead. It's very, very firm. It's like hard as a rock. Ow. So I hope that that's good for your back. It is. I'll lay on my back. Um, great. What is this graphic? The graphic on the sheet. Oh, it's probably a Lion King print. Not oh, like okay. a lion print. Like the Lion King. I actually think those sheets are still on my childhood bed. Anyway, you're comfortable, right? Yeah. Okay. So this track is Wait, could you close the blinds, actually? <laughs> sure. Thank you. Okay. Is that better? Yeah. Do you want the window it. open a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. I'll open up the window a little Just bit. Just a crack. Not too much. Okay. <laughs> you good? Yeah, yeah. Here's a stuffed animal, too. Mm, pass. <laughs> Ouch. The game is Tiny Toon Adventures, Buster's Hidden Treasure. The track is The Forest. The composers are Shinji Tasuka, Hideto Inoue, and Tsuyoshi Sekito. And this was for the Sega Genesis. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. Okay, so I have to say straight away that although I like this tune a lot, it's not my favorite from the game. Uh, but I picked it because I felt like it went with this testimonial that I wrote as a child, not even realizing that I was writing a testimonial that I'd be reading on a podcast, <laughs> like, you know, 20 plus years later. But so I felt like it went with the writing. So in this journal I have, I actually didn't date this entry. This is like the one entry I didn't date, but it's between December 20th, 1993 and January 5th, 1994. Okay. So this is what I wrote. I wrote, and I'm going to just translate as I go, by the way. I'm not going to read it as it is written. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to understand it. Little Emily wrote, I rented Tiny Toon Buster's Hidden Treasure for Sega. I loved it. In two days, it was due. We kept it three days overdue because I liked it so much. Then we had to take it back. Dad and I went to an eyeglass store so Dad could get the sunglasses he picked. Mom took the game back. When we got home, Mom had a Video Plus bag. That was the place we rented games from. Mom said Dad bought something because he had the money. Mom said it came in two packages. She pulled out the rental and pulled out the real cartridge. She said she asked the man if she could buy it. The man said, we don't sell games, but I'll take a look. The man said he would give one to us for $25. Mom said, give me the one I rented. Why, said the man, because you know it works? Yes, said Mom, and it was all Dad's idea. Wow. 
You okay, got so ripped off in that story. <laughs> did I really? 25 was uh, not retail for that game, I don't think. You don't think so? I don't think so. I mean, uh, they probably made enough money on it. Well, uh, they probably. Already. Yeah, because they probably already charged you the late fees, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, you probably paid 50 bucks for that game. That's true. That's true. Um, but so what I like about this, Nathaniel was reading this to me in the car as we were driving back from my mom's, and I just thought this this little story was so sweet because I don't remember this at all. I, I remember Video Plus, but, you know, the I guess what was happening here was that they had multiple copies of Buster's Hidden Treasure. So my mom was able to buy one of the games that they had, and so the I guess the big reveal was that she had the cartridge and the box. Because I guess when you rented games from video game stores, they didn't come in the original box. It was like a, a clear plastic box with like reprints of the artwork in it. Yeah. But um, I thought that was very cute. And I thought that was neat. That's a really I'd... nice story. I mean, about your parents being yeah generous. Yeah, and I, you know, my dad didn't really like video games or have much interest in them, but obviously he understood how important they were to me. So it was his idea. The teacher actually wrote back to this and she said, What a nice mom and dad you have. Why do you like this game so much? And my very detailed response was, Well, because it's fun. Mm. You weren't yet the critic that you are today. <laughs> right. So what about this song rem makes you feel like it's appropriate to that story? Oh, because... So I could probably... Someday I'll have to play another tune from the soundtrack, but the songs that I really liked from the soundtrack were very weird. And I actually felt self-conscious about the fact that I liked them because I, I felt like they must be objectively bad and I couldn't explain why I liked them. But this tune... The bridge, I think, in this tune is so beautiful, and um, it has a little bit of the Tiny Toon Adventures theme song in it, and it just feels like childhood. It felt like the right pairing to the story, as opposed to something really kind of gritty or creepy, which was the stuff that I was really into, but um, I think that the bridge is just so beautiful and catchy. So that's why I picked it. This game has a very unique sound set, actually. When I hear games that sound like this, which is not frequently, I, I always think of this game because it's it's so distinct. I think the Sparkster games sounded like this. But anyway, I'm just really glad that I have that story written down. Because I had forgotten entirely that that game came from Video Plus at all. My spelling is actually pretty good. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> Hidden treasure. H-I-D-I-N. T-R-U-S-H-E-R. -E yeah. I'm sorry, could Cartridge you call Cartridge is pretty close. What's that? I think I'm getting a coma on your childhood bed. Oh, you are? You I better get off. I don't know if you have the life support system in your bedroom. No, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't. <laughs> Putting you into a coma coma? 
No, I, I am a little tired. So when you just started spelling words, I got a little confused and tired. I'm pretty <laughs> Treasure tired. Treasure hidden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I slept in so many different places over the weekend that I think I didn't really get. I was like, I was like falling asleep pretty quickly, but I would just have like crazy dreams all the whole night. So, mm. and I feel like I'm not totally rested. And I'm going crazy. Well, maybe, here's a maybe we should wrap brief it up. Story, brief story. From you? Yeah. Yes. First yes. of all, I, we got to do this more often. I want more testimonials from the baby key. <laughs> you you talk about different games and stuff, right? I do. I talk about different games and also, well, maybe I should save it. That'll be I think perfect. I told you about this, though. What's that? I mean... I know that it would be taking away your time from being able to play whatever you want, but I feel like testimonials from the baby key is a really solid segment. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. We'll revisit this for sure. Uh, um, yeah. Besides camping this weekend, when we came back home to LA, it was like 96 degrees in our apartment. Sometimes Blech. I'm over-exaggerating how nice it is in L.A. because we came back and it was so hot in L.A. Mm. that we ended up getting a hotel room that night just for the A.C. Wow. Never did that. I kind of always wanted to do that. I think it was easier to do because we were like still rolling off of our vacation a little bit. We're like, let's just keep this ball rolling, you know? Yeah. And then so we did that. And uh, th then finally slept a couple nights in my own bed. But um, I don't know. My eyes are like really sticky right now. I got sticky eyes and my eyelids are uh, staying closed. I got to just get off your bed. Hang on. Give me that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Yeah. There's like a, a plus two sleep area of effect on that thing. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Simba. Now I <laughs> can feel your true power. Actually, true story. So my childhood bed is at my mom's. And yeah. if I'm ever there to nap, which sometimes happens, I fall asleep like immediately. And I'm out and dead to the world for wow. a few hours. I don't sleep anywhere as well as that. Do you think you're like simultaneously sleeping and the baby key is sleeping? You know <laughs> so it's mean? like a, a double whammy of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're merging into one entity. It's both of our exhaustions put together. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we should probably thank everybody to listening to our um, complaints. To about listening to? Being tired. Yeah. For listening to? We'll just put any preposition in there. We should thank yes. the patrons at listening to us. <laughs> on listening to us. Oh, on works. Please, would you uh, would you do that? Mixing, metaphor, soup, wicked, Sephiroth, the Smith, ten thirty eight, Nathan ninety nine, Cam of Worms. Thank you for writing such great testimonials, baby key. Um, you know. Just keep up the good work. And I'll, uh, send, I'll send the message. I'll pass it along. Yeah. 
And to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions, keep them coming. Go to our website, thevgmjukebox.com, and click the Suggest a Track button, or go to submit.thevgmjukebox.com to send your recommendation our way. Send us an email at insertcoin at thevgmjukebox.com, or you can send a snail mail at the VGM Jukebox P.O. Box 26959, Los Angeles, California, 90026. You can follow us follow on Twitter. Us. Oh, oh, you're I, just gonna read the whole thing? I didn't know if you wanted me to. But yeah, I'll just I'll just get comfortable in my childhood bed. Alright. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at VGMJB. And if you want, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Joshadachi again. Emily is at Keyglyph. And maybe you can even find the baby key there. I don't know. <laughs> Try to send her a message. <laughs> Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher. Please remember to rate and review us on the iTunes store. I think last time I actually stopped reading. Oh, yes. Yeah. I did it wrong last time. Yes. So we have to pay a coin plus interest. Uh Uh-oh. And we have a, a new review. These coins only round up. So here you go, Joseph. And we have a new one? I didn't even know that. Let's, t- let's take a look. Um, the reason I got confused with Joseph Kokinos is, by the way, is because he quoted somebody else's, so I felt like I was reading something I'd read before, which I was doing. Right, right. All right. Do you want to you, you read his? Yeah, sure. Anamite One's review puts it best. I've listened to many VGM podcasts over the years, but this is the first where I've been openly encouraged to submit my suggestions in VG Memories episode after episode. Where else can you listen to VG tunes in topics ranging from Gundam models to the very meaning of life itself? End quote. Thanks for the safe space and the memories, Emily and Josh. Hey, you're welcome, Joseph Kokinos, and thanks for uh, citing doing your citations on that one yeah oh he also i think in the the title of that he suggested people start with our dedications episode oh you're right the title of that is start with episode 74 dedications that's a good one that's a good i think that's like our our shining jewel of everything we've done perhaps that was a really special episode yeah in 50 years when uh being an English major is just listening to podcasts. That's the only one that will be anthologized, maybe. <laughs> right, yeah. That's the only one that will be cited in any any journals. Yeah. And we got one from Wicked Sephiroth. <phone rings> Thanks, Wicked Sephiroth. Have some money. C'est magnifique, he writes. Excellent music, format, and personalities. Hey, get away from Aww. me. <laughs> Prepare to be regaled with tales of Pokemon Go, Ultima 4, Burger Time, and other thrilling experiences of your illustrious hosts. Um, by p- wow. <laughs> when I said, hey, get away from me, I was referring to my multiple personalities. I don't know why. That was a joke to just myself. Uh-huh. Um, to your illustrious self. Yeah. Your illustrious selves. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And, uh, dude, keep writing us reviews. And write <laughs> all the VGM ju- uh, VGM podcast reviews. We should all support each other, see how popular we can make this format. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, and how much music we can put out there into the world, not just as this podcast, but as a group of individuals, a community, if you will, a family. And speaking of families, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash the VGM jukebox and be sure and we've had a couple people join the main page um but make sure you join the group the group is the one where you can post something that gets put on the page on the top of the page and it's also the way that you can receive all the updates about the show with the other page the one that we made as like a artist or whatever Mm -hmm. the reason they make that page is so that they can make money if i if we pay money then we can make sure that our message goes out to everybody but on the other one we don't have to do that so just try to make sure you join the facebook group Mm -hmm. and be sure to check the bulletin board at the end of the episode to see what music and video game related and podcast related projects your fellow patrons are up to if you'd like to be on the bulletin board just let us know through facebook or email um, Sh- should we uh, should we repost the Mixix Quizix at the end of this episode, or should we direct people back to episode eighty? Yeah, let's repost it. Okay. It, yeah. Have you got some? Uh... Oh wait, have we put it out yet? Oh, we just yes. put it out, right? We just okay. put it out. All yeah, right. we just published it. So people so, are still probably um, studying it. Probably, yeah. So I know some people are um, oh, are yeah. studying it. So yeah, so we'll post that little. Uh, announcement at the end of the show but we do have a uh uh a giveaway wow i just lost the word a contest going a sweepstakes mm. if for you a if you will for a copy of sword and sorcery so the instructions will be contained within the flyer nice well we'll see you next week but um first we're gonna change our outfits emily what are you gonna what are you gonna wear I got these I'm just PJs. not really inspired by this. Oh, wait, you know what? I just found something. Mm. There's a cannon arm in here. Oh. This I am into. It's not very formal. And it's also kind of hard to dress down, if you know what I mean. Are we going somewhere? Well, I guess it is appropriate where we are going. So, sure. <laughs> It'll be appropriate in any any video game we'll be going into. I'll make it appropriate. Yeah, I'm feeling uh, pretty solid. You're looking real good though. You've got yeah. a whole you've got a whole thing going here. It's weird because it's pajamas that become uh, beach clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very formal. Yeah, but I thought we were uh, just going to play Frogger. Uh huh. Get across this. Josh pond. is moving those goalposts. That's okay. With your cannon arm and my ability to wade through water, uh, we'll be able to destroy Frogger. <laughs> we will uh, save all the frogs. Yeah. Good thing it's I will co-op. just blow all the cars out of the way, and you can carry them across to the pond and let them go. Sounds great. Perfect. Well. And we can also th- carry these patrons across the pond. <laughs> Because I was going to say, there are a lot of frogs. This might take all week. And a hundred patrons. Yes. All well, right, guys, line up. 
We'll have to do this one at a time. We're happy to do it because, as they all know, they mean so much to us. And they always will. Alright patrons, it's time for a Mixix Quizix. Remember, this is to put you in the running for our extra copy of Sword and Sorcery for the PC. The rules are as follows. 1. Listen to the Mixix medley of video game tunes at the end of the episode. 2. For as many tunes as possible, name the game it's from. You don't have to know the track title, just the game. And 3. Email us your answers at insertcoin at thevgmjukebox.com. The winner will be the patron who names the most games correctly. The deadline is the 15th of September, 2017. So, let's go! Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm.